Welcome to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No politics, no drama, no arguing. Just two guys talking sports. I'm your host, JJ Peters. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the first day of the Masters Thursday night football preview. The Thunder promote the former assistant coach, Mark Denault, to head coach and much more. Let's get to our poll question. And again, you guys can vote on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And the question was for this episode, who do you like better to win the Masters, Bryson DeChambeau or Dustin Johnson? Currently, you guys said Bryson DeChambeau, and he is running away with it. Thanks again for voting. Again, don't forget to vote on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter every Tuesday and Thursday. The OKC Thunder have found their coach. Mark Dignault will now replace Billy Donovan, who left the Thunder to take the Chicago Bulls head coaching job. The 35-year-old was the head coach for the G League team, the Oklahoma City Blue, from 2014 to 2019. Last season, he became the lead assistant to Donovan. Dignault has been coaching basketball since 2003 as a student manager with Connecticut. In 2007, he left UConn to become an assistant at Holy Cross. In 2010, he then left Holy Cross to Florida, where he joined Donovan until 2014. After his Florida stint, he left and became the head coach for the Oklahoma City Blue, the G League team, to the Thunder. Many analysts have said that Dignault has a good relationship with both the players and the organization. He will have a very tough job in his hand, though, as the Thunder will likely be rebuilding this season despite making the playoffs last season and taking the Rock seven games in the bubble last season. Many have said that the GM for OKC, Sam Presti, is giving Dignault a chance to give the team a rebuild. Most likely, veteran guard Chris Paul, who they got from the Russell Westbrook trade last offseason, will no longer be with OKC when next year begins on December 20th. My thoughts are, I thought there was going to be some assistant coach leave or take a head coaching job. And I finally was right, but I didn't know what OKC was going to do from the from the start. I thought they had some interest in assistant coach of the Lakers, Jason Kidd. I think they had some interest in Ty Lue, who then got hired by the Clippers. Um, I think they had some interest in, in Mike D'Antoni, but I think at the end of the day, OKC kind of saw that they were likely going to have to rebuild. That was the plan, of course, last year, but they were a lot better than they thought they were going to be. And I could see the Thunder being somewhat decent next year, but I feel like they're going to start blowing it up this season and see and and give Denault a few years because I don't know if Denault is the future coach or is the coach in the future that can last more than three or four seasons. It's similar to what the Bulls did a few years ago with um, hiring Fred Hoiberg out of Iowa State. Um, he, they basically brought him in to rebuild the team, and then after a few years, decided to get rid of him. Um, OKC, though, however, is a lot in better is in better situation than the Bulls are, and their run their organization runs a lot better than what the Bulls do. But I kind of see this as a rebuild, and Mark Dignall just gonna be there for a few years until they f- are finally able to get what they were when they had Durant and Westbrook and Harden, and they were a championship contender team. Um, is this the right hire for the Thunder? Again, yes for rebuilding. If they are not rebuilding, then no. But it seems like Sam Presti wants to rebuild this team and basically build them up to how they were just a few years ago. They were a team in the Western Conference just our Western Conference Finals just four years ago. So it's amazing that the Thunder have came this far. And of course, last or two years ago, they had Paul George, who was an MVP candidate. They got beat by the Trailblazers in the postseason. Uh, of course, last year, no Russell Westbrook, no Paul George. Um, they had Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Chris Paul take them all the way to the first round where they took the Rocks to seven games. 
So I think if they're trying to rebuild, then yes, Mark Dignault is a great hire. But if he's if they're not trying to rebuild, which I don't see why I don't see how they're not, then it it would not be the right hire. But since again they're rebuilding, I think this is the right option for OKC. Um, what does OKC do in the offseason? Well, it seems pretty clear they want to get rid of Chris Paul. Uh, they could probably get a pretty decent option, but or a pretty decent trade, but he does have he he was scheduled to make forty one million dollars, which it's very hard to see a team doing that. Now the Knicks have been interested. Um, the Suns have shown some interest. They wanna they think they can make the next step. They have two really good young players in Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. They went undefeated in the bubble, still didn't make the playoffs, but they still were able to flirt for the first time in a long time. So I think if they can get Chris Paul, yeah, but it's gonna be hard for her a team to justify a $41 million contract for a 35-year-old point guard. Um, it seems like they're going to rebuild, as I have said a few times. Um, but it's going to be, I think their first, again, their first thing they want to do, I think, is get rid of Chris Paul. Um, and I think they want to, they're hoping Shea Gilgis-Alexander Gilgis takes the next step. So it seems like their first thing they want to do this offseason is try to move Chris Paul. Got some action highlights for you again most games are played on tuesday and wednesday on espn espn2 and cbs sports network some of the games that happened on wednesday night were eastern michigan versus ball state toledo versus western michigan and central michigan took on northern illinois well the one game i really watched was the western michigan and toledo game and i thought that game was over toledo was winning by double digits in the fourth quarter but central or not central michigan but western michigan comes back and beats Toledo on a fake spike with 17 seconds left. Toledo doesn't think the play is ready, and it is. And Western Michigan, the Broncos score, and that could possibly put Western Michigan as the best team in the MAC right now. That was a great game. You guys, I, I encourage you guys to watch the highlights. Um, that was one of the most exciting MAC games I have ever watched, and now I know why they call it MACtion. Um, some other games as well. Central Michigan versus Northern Illinois. We kind of touched on that. Northern Illinois, not a good season right now. They're 0-2. They normally win uh, the MAC, or they're one of the best teams in that conference. But this year, they're starting off not very good. And uh, right now, they look like the, possibly the worst team in the league. Uh, Eastern Michigan played Ball State. Um, and then, of course, on Tuesday, Ohio played Akron. Kent State took on Bowling Green and Miami, Ohio versus Buffalo. Man, Buffalo looks really good. They, I feel like Buffalo and Western Michigan are the two best teams in the MAC right now, and I don't think it's even close. Uh, Toledo's not a bad football team. I Again, they were beating Western Michigan by double digits. Of course, Western Michigan scores, and then they miss the extra point, but they get the onside kick. And then they fake spike it, score a touchdown with 17 seconds left. Amazing. One of the most crazy football games I have seen in a very long time, especially in the MAC. Um, and who is the best team in the MAC currently? Well, I kind of touched on it with Buffalo and Western Michigan. I don't really know if any other team is that good. Again, Toledo's not bad. Uh, Northern Illinois, definitely not. Ohio seems to be decent, but I just don't know. Uh, Bowling Green's not very good. Kent State dropped 62 on them. Uh, it's yeah, Bowling Green and Northern Illinois are probably the two worst teams, but I'd probably say right now, Western Michigan and Buffalo. Um, so the Mac has been somewhat entertaining these first two weeks. I'm glad there's something on Wednesday night to watch. Um, again, if you guys haven't watched any of the Mac, I encourage you to watch it. It's great football. Uh, 
there's some games that aren't great, but there's usually at least one or two games that is solid to watch. Again, I watched Western Michigan Toledo uh, the week before that. I think I watched Ohio versus um, I want to say Central Michigan. Um, but yeah, those are some good games. I watched a little Buffalo Northern Illinois last week. That wasn't great, but I saw how good Buffalo was. Um, so yeah, I, I just encourage you guys to watch some action uh, on Tuesdays and Wednesday night. They're great. It's great football to watch. And uh, I've been very pleased with how the Mac has gone so far. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. Colts versus Titans play this week on Thursday Night Football. Both teams are looking to take a lead in the AFC South. Currently, the Titans are 6-2 and and the Colts are 5-3. and Tennessee leads the division by one game over Indy. Last season, the Texans won the division, but this year is a lot different, mostly because the Texans are, well, they're trash this year. After Tennessee made the AFC Championship game last year, most people predicted they could do it again and win the AFC South. The Titans are coming off of a win versus the Bears, and the Colts are coming a lo- off of a loss to the Ravens. I will give you my thoughts on how the game will play out. First of all, um, this is going to be an exciting Thursday night football game. Uh, both teams are, or both teams have winning records. That hasn't happened in a while. Um, and I think this is probably going to be the best Thursday night football game so far. Most people would say, well, I mean, the Colts and Titans are from the AFC South and they're both pretty boring. Well, I mean, they have winning records. We haven't seen a Thursday night football game in a long time with two legitimate playoff contenders. and I'm just glad. I think this game is going to be a good game. I don't know if it's going to be high scoring or low scoring. I just know it's going to be a good game, and this game is actually going to matter. Um, but anyways, uh, my thoughts on this. The Colts need to stop turning the ball over. Phillip Rivers has got to play better. I think the Colts need to focus more on the running game. Again, the Colts don't have much identity this year on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense is great, but their offense is very suspect. They need to be able to find an identity. The Colts... I don't know if they're they don't even know if they're a passing team. They don't know if they're a running game running team, but they've got to figure something out. And I think they're more of a running team, to be honest with you. They have a really good running back in Jonathan Taylor. Um, but you know, Phillip Rivers is not a great, great quarterback anymore. He's pretty average. He just turns the ball over constantly. You can't do that and expect to win football games. On the other side of things, the Titans gotta get Derrick Henry rolling. They gotta keep him, gotta keep him playing well. Got to have him at least rush for over 100 yards. Now, they did win last week with him only rushing for 68 yards, but this Colts team is a lot better than the Bears. Um, and Ryan Tannehill can't make mistakes, and the Titans defense finally needs to show up. Uh, they didn't. They played decent against the Bears offense, but, I mean, you, you have to – I mean, with how good the Titans defense is, they can't let 17 points be scored by a very suspect offense in the Chicago Bears. Uh, so that's my thoughts on uh, what I think both teams need to work on. Uh, Who needs this win most, the Titans or Colts? Well, I think it's the Colts. They just came off of a loss to Baltimore. Uh, Again, they need to find their offensive identity, especially uh, on the offensive side. Phillip Rivers has got to stop turning the ball over, and they're 5-3. and Uh, They'll be tied, and I think the Colts will take the lead in the division, but the Colts need this win the most because I feel like if they don't win this game, the season could be somewhat in jeopardy. Yes, they're 5-4, and but 
especially with how good the AFC is this year, the Colts got to win this game. And I think the Titans can afford a loss, but you know, I think the Colts need this win more. Uh, will Phillip Rivers throw more touchdown passes than interceptions into uh, in Thursday night's game? Well, I think there's a chance he does. I think he at least throws one, maybe even two. I could see him throwing two touchdowns and two interceptions and still throwing for over 300 yards, but I could definitely see him throwing more t- or throwing more interceptions than touchdown passes. Uh, can Derrick Henry continue to dominate? Uh, not tonight. The Colts have a really good defense. DeForest Buckner is a so- is solid. Darius Leonard, um, he'll probably have about the same success he had against the Bears, maybe even less. He'll probably only rush for about 60 yards on 20 attempts. So I don't think Derrick Henry will dominate tonight, but I do think he'll dominate the rest of the year. And uh, finally, my prediction for the game. I think the Titans win this game. I said the Colts need to win the most, but I do think the Titans end up winning this game. And I'll probably pick the score 27-23 Tennessee. Derrick Henry plays solid, but Ryan Tannehill to the rescue. Phillip Rivers throws two or three interceptions. He throws two touchdowns, but he does throw two interceptions. I could see him fumbling as well, maybe to end the game. But my prediction, Titans 27, Colts 23. Houston, we have a problem. Rockets guard Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston, according to Sham Sharona of The Athletic and Stadium. Kevin Connor of The Ringer also confirmed the Westbrook wanted out of Houston. The Rockets are currently in a very sticky situation. Daryl Morey, the president and GM of this team, stepped down a month ago and took the Sixers job immediately. The Rockets then replaced him with assistant to Daryl Morey, Raphael Stone. D'Antoni did not re-sign with the team as the head coach. They hired Paul Assistant, who was an assistant with the Mavs last season, to replace the coach of the year in 2016-2017. According to multiple sources, both James Hart and Russell Westbrook wanted to have more say with the head coach and GM positions. They were fine with the hire of Silas, but both of them wanted the team to reach out to them before they hired Raphael Stone at Daryl Morey's replacement. Even James Harden, the franchise star player, has questions on the Rockets' future. James Harden has even said he wants to stay in Houston, but if they decide to blow things up, he's given the team a few options where he would like to go that include that would include Brooklyn. Reported by multiple sources, the Knicks and the Clippers have interest in Russell Westbrook. Uh, my thoughts on this, it's not a good look for Houston, as last year they traded so much for Russell Westbrook, and now he wants out. Uh, Daryl Morey is no longer there. Mike D'Antonio is no longer there. It's kind of a whole new setup for the Rockets. Um, I could see them trading Russell Westbrook and James Harden, but it's just not a good look after you gave up so much for him. And again, Russell Westbrook is owed $33 million this year. James Harden is owed $31.5 million. I think a lot of teams would rather take James Harden than Russell Westbrook because, again, Westbrook is not the same player he was when he won the MVP a few seasons ago. Um, he's not a great shooter. He takes a lot of shots, and he'll definitely give you the stats, but the postseason seems like he always struggles, and he just he doesn't have a very pure shot, and he struggles a lot of times, too. Uh, should the Rockets trade Westbrook? Well, it depends what you can get from him. And do you really want to trade Russell Westbrook? Um, it's really, I mean, that's what the, what, whatever the Rockets think about Westbrook, that's what they should do, in my opinion. If you think you can go one more year with him and see if it works again, then do that. But again, if you don't want Westbrook and you want to trade him, see what you can get for him. Now, again, I don't know how much people would, there are any takers that would willing to give him. Um, he even told Houston, he wants to go to the Clippers and Knicks, which the Knicks seems like they're interested in almost any type of aging star that include Chris Paul. Uh, Russell Westbrook is getting older. Um, 
it's just I think they're if the Rockets think they should trade Westbrook, then they should trade him. And it also depends on what they can get because if they can't get much with Russell Westbrook, then just keep him and try to bl- uh, go one more year. But I could see the um, Rockets blowing it up for this season. Um, if Houston decides to trade Westbrook, who is the taker? Well, again, it seems like the Knicks and Clippers have a lot of interest. Uh, Milwaukee would be very entertaining to see what they could do there to help Giannis because I feel like the Bucs are going to try to make a move this offseason. Um, the Bucks have the money because they're not really paying Giannis a lot of money. Now, they're paying Middleton and Lopez a lot of money, but if you trade Middleton or Lopez and even Bledsoe, then you would basically have enough money to acquire Russell Westbrook. But I just don't know how well he would work with Giannis. Um, the Clippers, that would be interesting because he has played with Paul George and it seems like he has a pretty good relationship. Um, but it'd be interesting to have Kawhi, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook as a big three. I just don't know how well that would work. Um, and the Knicks, I just I don't know why the Knicks would want him. Uh, they should start building through the draft, not just trying to take any aging superstar. And I don't think you're really going to attract new fans. Um, and plus, there's not going to be any fans this year, probably. So I just I don't understand the Russell Westbrook. Uh, to New York. I just don't understand why the Knicks would want Westbrook. Um, should Houston trade Harden or Westbrook, or should they trade both? Maybe. Well, I think they should run it one. Uh, one should run it back one more time. Um, but again, it just depends on what you can get for both Harden and Westbrook. I feel like you can get more for Harden than Westbrook. Um, but I think they should keep and try to run it back at least one more year. The writers of the Baseball Association of America has announced their AL and NL award winners on Wednesday, November 11th. Trevor Bauer of the Cincinnati Reds was named the NL Cy Young Award winner, and Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians was named the AL and Cy Young Award winner. Shane Bieber was unanimous selection as the American League Rookie of the Year, while Trevor Bauer was the first Cincinnati Reds pitcher in their franchise history to be selected as the National League Cy Young Award winner. Bauer's 2020 stats were a 1.73 or 1.73 ERA, 100 strikeouts, and a .79 WHIP. On the other hand, Bieber was eight and one in the shortened season, a 1.63 ERA, 122 strikeouts, and a .87 WHIP. Thoughts? Well, congratulations to both Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber. I both predicted them to win the AL and Cy Young Award winner, so I'm very grateful that they were selected. Uh, Trevor Bauer completely dominated even in the postseason. Now, the votes are tallied before the playoffs, but he was absolutely uh, absolutely extraordinary in the postseason and in the regular season. Um, you know, Shane Bieber was even better, but unfortunately, he had a disappointing playoff uh, loss versus the, uh, versus the Yankees. But um, congratulations to both of them. And again, what a year they had. It was, I know it was a shortened season, but man, those pitchers were good. And it's going to be interesting next year if they can do it again. I think they can. Um, do you agree with the selections? Yes, I do. Both of them were the best pitchers, uh, hands down the best pitchers this season. Uh, Shane Bieber and Trevor Bauer almost unhittable every time they stepped on the mound. And even though Trevor Bauer, uh, Trevor Bauer was six and five, he was still absolutely extraordinary. He had a hundred strikeouts. He had a 1.73, 1.73 ERA, and he had a 0.79 WHIP, which is just awesome. Um, and then of course you have Shane Bieber that was dominant all year for the Indians. Um, he had 122 strikeouts and a 1.63 ERA and a 0.77, not 0.87 WHIP, and he was even eight and one. So that was extraordinary. Um, and last but not least, does Bauer remain a Cincinnati Red in 2021? Well, it's tough to say. Uh, Trevor Bauer is a very good pitcher. I don't know why the Reds wouldn't want to bring him back, but he's going to demand a very hefty contract. 
So oh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I could see him going to another team on a massive contract. Uh, the Reds seem like they they usually don't spend a lot of money for these type of free agents. So I could see Trevor Bauer not being a Cincinnati Red in the 2021 offseason. Tradition like none other returned at Augusta National on Thursday. The Masters, the greatest golf tournament in the world and the most polarizing, started on Thursday. Despite the odd start and no spectators, it was still great to watch. Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, and Justin Thomas are the favorites to win this week at Augusta. Don't sleep, though, on the five-time and current Masters champion, Tiger Woods. Let's get an update on how the first day went at Augusta. Day one of the Masters is complete, even though not every golfer finished round one. Because of the rain and daylight savings time, many of them were not everybody, not were not able to tee off until an hour and a half later. The leader after day one is Paul Casey with seven under par. After that, Webb Simpson, Xander Shoffley, and Justin Thomas are all tied for second with five under par. Tied fifth place is Hideki Matsuyama, Louis Ustazen, Lee Westwood, Tiger Woods, Matt Wolf, Adam Scott, and Dylan Fratelli. Some others to watch. Bryson DeChambeau, the favorite to get the green jacket, is 21st place with two under par. Ricky Fowler, John Rahm, Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Rose are all at three under par and tied for 13th place. Well, Tiger looked pretty good. Imagine Tiger winning his sixth Masters back-to-back and his 16th major, which means he's only two away from tying Jack Nicholas if he's able to run the table and win this week at Augusta National. Tiger Woods right now is ranked 33rd, and here's an interesting stat. When Tiger Woods won his first major, it was 23 years ago, and if he wins this year, it'll be a sixth Masters championship. He's also ranked 33rd. Jack Nicholas, when he won his sixth master, he was 23 years after winning his first master's championship, and he was ranked 33rd in the world. That's an amazing stat that I got from both Dan Patrick and Mike Greenberg earlier in the day. Bryson DeChambeau was solid, but could be better. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bryson DeChambeau finished the day at two under par. Well, He looked good, but he could be better. He didn't hit many fairways, but he was able to use his strength to be able to get on the green and get a few birdies on the day. Bryson DeChambeau is tied for 21st, and right now, Bryson DeChambeau is 21st place. And last but not least, can Paul Casey continue his success? Well, it's going to be hard, especially how competitive the field is this year. Now, remember, the cut line is the top 50, including ties. So I definitely think Paul Casey will make the cut and win the end, win the end of round two on Friday. He will probably still be somewhere in the top five, top ten, maybe even the lead. But right now, I could see the three or four different lead changes throughout the week. Paul Casey is a very good golfer and is yet to win a major championship. But I think right now he'll have competition. But I definitely think he can stay in the running to get the green jacket in 2020. And last but not least... What is my prediction on which golfer will get the green jacket? Well, as you guys know, my favorite golfer is Ricky Fowler. He's having a pretty solid day after 10 holes. He was three under par. I like Jordan Spieth and Tony Finau, but I just don't know if Jordan Spieth can get back on track. And it seems like Tony Finau is so close, but never can quite capture the magic on winning an event on the tour, especially a Masters tournament. So my prediction, to be a bold one, I don't think Bryson DeChambeau win it. I don't think Dustin Johnson will win it. 
I don't think Tiger Woods would win it, even though it would be great for the sport. I have a really good hinge sorry, that Xander Shoffley wins his first major championship and wins his first green jacket. I know it's a little bit of a shocker, but Xander Shoffley seems like he's always in the running. I think he's a great golfer, and plus, he's under 30 years old. It seems like right now, who won the two majors this season was both Colin Morikawa and Bryce DeChambeau. Both of them were under the age of 30. So in my opinion, they both got their first major win. So in my opinion, it's going to be Xander Shoffley. He's under 30, and he's looking for his first major championship. Well, that's a wrap for this amazing episode. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, like, and comment.